0: K-M-T-T, Kim Yitzion Torah. This is K-M-T-T, the Torah broadcast. And this is Ezra Bek. Today is Monday, Chaf Gimel Iyar. Today's shiur is the shiur in the weekly mitzvah of HaRav Tavori. This is the week of Yom Yerushalayim. And that will, as you immediately see, will affect... At least some of the shiur will affect today's shir, The mitzvah of the week is K'tushat Yerushalayim, rather than a mitzvah taken from the Poshat HaShavuah. After the Shur of Harav Tavori, I will be back with the Halachai
1: This week we're going to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim, Chavchet Iyar, and today's Shi'ur will be devoted to the kedusha of Yerushalayim. We will not be silent on behalf of Yerushalayim. The topic that we are going to discuss is the actual Kedushah of Yerushalayim and the Kedushah B'zman hazeh. The Rambam in Hilchel's Beis Avchira, per Vav, explains that the Kedushah of Eretz Yisrael is transient and there were two times that the Kedusha was imposed. Once at the time of Yehoshua and that Kedusha dissipated at the time of the Gola. The second Kedusha of Yerusha, of Eretz Israel, what we call in Hebrew Kedusha Shniyya, that Kedusha remains intact according to the Rambam. However, the Rambam says this is only as relates to all of Eretz Yisrael. As relates to the Beit HaMikdash, we pass in that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is eternally Kadosh from the Kedusha Rishona. The Kedusha Rishona, the first Kedusha of Yerushalayim, came about through Shlomo, that he was Mekadesh, the Azara, and Yerushalayim. So not only does the Ramam think that there is Kedusha in the Beit HaMikdash, which is eternal, the Rambam thinks that the kedusha of Yerushalayim is also eternal, also based on kedusha Vishana. And the Rambam, interestingly enough, tries to validate his Psaq by asking rhetorically, Why did I decide that in Yerushalayim and Mikdash, the kedusha is eternal, the, from the time of the kedusha Rishona. Whereas as far as Eretz Israel, I said the kedusha is not kitchalati level. The Ramam says because kedushat haMikdash the kedusha of Eretz Israel is based on kedusha Yoshua and the fact that Yoshua or Ezra was Mekadesh, but the Kedusha of the Beit HaMikdash, and therefore of Yerushalayim, is the Kedusha of the Shekhinah itself. And that Shekhinah can obviously never be removed. And the Ramam quotes a text to prove what he says. He says, The Torah already warned us that Kedush Baruch Hu will destroy the Beit HaMikdash. How do you see from this Pasuk that the Beis HaMikdash, even though destroyed, retains the Kedusha, the Ram just quotes Chazal, Amul Chachamim Afapish Shemumim Even though they are desolate, they are Charev, they still retain the original Kedusha. It seems to me that the Ram learns it from the Pasuk, or Chazal learns from the Pasuk, In Hebrew grammar, you could have written this in one, two ways. I will have your Beit Mikdash and destroy it. Or you could say, I'll put the verb before the noun. I'll destroy the Beit Mikdash. Apparently the Ramam thinks, Chazal thought, when the verb comes before the, the noun, I will destroy Et Mikdash means that even after it's destroyed, it retains its character as the Mikdash, it retains its Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. So the of Paskins that Yerushalayim, and Beis HaMikdash have eternal Kedusha from the time of Shlomo. And we know that the Rambam considers Yerushalayim to be the city of the Mikdash for other halachas as well. It has the same laws as the Beis HaMikdash, not only for Kedusha, but other halachas that are relevant. It's well known that the Rambam in Pira Shemishnayis and in Hilchah Shalpa, Parag Beis the Rambam explains that the re- the law of blowing shofar on Shabbos today, is that we accept the Gzair of Rabbah. Ram doesn't quote the Gzair, he just quotes the halacha, that we do not blow shofar today outside the Mikdash. On Shabbos, even on Rosh Hashanah, even if it's on Shabbos, we blow the shofar in the base of Mikdash. The Ram extends that halacha to all of Yerushalayim. Of course, I'm referring to Yerushalayim B'Snima Hamas, Yerushalayim inside the walls of Yerushalayim. But the Ramam thinks that in Yerushalayim B'Snima Hamas, we blow shofar on Shabbos. Today, there was a whole asik once upon a time in Rabzeven, Quotes this in his sefer a whole historical incident where some people really wanted to blow shofar on Shabbos. They explained that even has that we would blow shofar on in Shabbos in Yerushalayim, even though we don't blow shofar in the Beis Hamikdash. Be that as it may, the historical story is very interesting. But according to Rambam, theoretically you should build, you should blow shofar on Shabbos in the Beis Hamikdash, and therefore you should blow shofar Bi Yerushalayim. The same is also true. According to the Rambam and Pirisha Mishnaiyas and Sukkah, that the law of taking a lulav is midaraisa. You take a lulav bigvulim, outside Yushalayim, outside the Beis HaMikdash, That rather, you take a lulav one day, and the rest is drabanam the, the rest of lulav, the whole week, is only a mitzvah drabanam. But in the Beis Hamigdash, lokechem In the Beis HaMikdash, the law of simcha seems to be. Seems to be that's the Passover. The Torah said in one Passover, you take the first day, you take the four meaning, you take the Lulavan Esra, etc and usmachtam with and you should rejoice before kodish paroshu 7 days so we explain the first passage is referring to outside the beis hamikdash where you take a lulav only one day but wherever the last days the next 6 days of is usmachtam with means you take a lulav as a as a, an extension of the simcha the beis hamikdash you take a lulav kol shiva all the the whole week The rampan that you take a lulav Midah Raisa and all of Yerushalayim. That's the Rambam's opinion, that Yerushalayim has the same laws as the Mikdash. Of course, we should point out it doesn't have all the laws of the Mikdash, it has certain laws of Mikdash, which we'll go refer to a little later. The Ravid, as is well known, disagrees with the Rambam as far as the base HaMikdash itself goes. According to the Rambam, we said that the Kedusha Beit Mikdash remains today, and therefore, according to the Rambam, Kedusha Yerushalayim has the kedusha of the Mikdash. The Raivet disagrees. And the Raivet says, I think that the kedusha of Yerushal, of Mikdash is also not intact today, and he explains the halachic ramifications. And then the Raivet is well known as saying, Kach niglali misod Hashem some sort of a mystical statement the Raivet the says. I, I have a, such a tradition, that someone told me, of a secret, that God told his, those who fear him, that the Rav, the Rabbi, then goes on to say, if a person walks into the place of the Mikdash, there is no Khi of Karis. In other words, the Rabbi says, the kedusha is not the same as it was in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when there was such an Easter or such a uh, severe Prohibition to going into Ma'akam ha'Mikdash that you would be high of Kares. You'd actually be receive the the penalty, the punishment of Kuris. The Rivev here it's important to note the Rivev did not say that you're allowed to go into Harabays The raivet, the raivet did not say that at all. The Rivev just said Today, the person who goes into the har-abayis, even Harabayis, I'm not even talking about Yerushalayim. I'm talking I'm talking about Harabayis. The uh, rabbis says you're not chayv karis. The, uh, there's a long discussion and achronim exactly what the rabbis meant and why his enigmatic comment ain't karis. He didn't say it's allowed. He just said you have no karis. Rav Cook, for example, wrote a long tshuva in mishpat kohen to discuss the various opinions about the kedusha of Bei Mikdash, kedusha of Yerushalayim today. And the at one point Rav Cook says the sfeile nami the Yisfer Torah Ikah. Perhaps the Raivet thinks there is an Issa da And what that Issa da is, I'm not going to go into now. There are a number of possibilities what it could be. But maybe mora Mikdash, maybe fear of the Beis HaMikdash. The Chomikre, in any case, the Raivet just says, that the Rav cook said maybe the Raivet just thinks that there's no Issa Kareh. The Easter is not so chamur. It's not as strict, but... It could be that it is us today. Then the it goes. The rav kook goes on to say, we really learn from this halacha of Ashimosias I'll destroy your mikdash. We learn from here. The rambam said today, based mikdash, even if it's Kharib it still retains its kedusha. So we learn from here that today shuls, a shul that has kedushah, even if the shul is somehow destroyed, then. The kedusha remains like the kedusha of the Beis Hamikdash. So Rav Kook said, you know, that even if you would think that the Raifah says that it's mutter that you don't, you're not chayiv kares to go into Beis Hamikdash, even if there's no issa the He says it's impossible. There's not an issa the Ravanan, because if we learn the shul is has retained kedusha from this pasuk, so at least midravanan. They mean it as perhaps in as a asmachta. They don't mean it to literally. That that's what the pasuk means. Just they learn from here that there's an iser. To to the, the, we must maintain the kedusha of a even if it was destroyed. So he said obviously this would apply to to beis hamigdash. Bechol the Raib had just argued with the rambam and said, you're not Karis. what the Ravid meant about artists, about Yerushalayim in general, about Beis HaMikdash in general, I said, that is an issue of dispute among and what did the Ravid really think? But let's go back to the Rambam. According to the Rambam, there's no doubt that there's Kedusha of Mikdash even today, and the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is the Kedusha of the Mikdash. This same Kedusha that, because of the shechina that creates the Kedusha, which is eternal. in the base of that same halach applies to all of Yerushalayim. The Achronim then raised a very important question. The Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Reshte Dalit asked the question, really, the laws of Trumas and Masros, today, according to most Rishonim, let's discuss the Raman. Primarily, the Raman thinks that Trumas and Masros today are only Midravana. The laws of teething, the truma, the maser, those different laws that you have to give of vegetation growing in Eretz Israel, today is only Jeroboam. The, the minchas Chinuch said that could be understood if somehow there's something lacking in the Kedusha of Eretz Israel. But in Yerushalayim, according to the Rambam, the Kadusha is permanent. The Kedusha is intact from the time of Shlomo. So, According to that, the Minchazrinuch thinks it should be true that there should be a law of Chumot Samasot from any vegetation in Yerushalayim. And it seems that the laws of Chumot Samasot do not differ between Yerushalayim and the rest of Eretz Israel. So why would it be true that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim, which is intact, does not require Chumot Samasot Some people have answered that. The Rambam thinks that Eretz Israel also has Kedusha today. It's true that the Rambam thinks that the Kedusha, the first Kedusha of Yerushalayim, of Beis HaMikdash, is permanent. Whereas he thought that the Kedusha of Yoshua, the first Kedusha of Eretz Israel, that could evaporate when the Jews go to Galos. But today the Rambam does think that there's Kedusha of Eretz Israel. We ask him that the Kedusha, according to the Rambam, that the Kedusha of Ezra, the Kedusha which Ezra, with which Ezra endowed you Eretz Israel is intact today. But yet, the Raman Things explains this very clearly in Hilchos Chumos Parak Aleph, Why do I think that there's no din of Chumos and Masros today? Because of a side reason. The Kedusha of Eretz Israel is complete, but there is another din that in order to be Chayat, Chumos, and Masros, you have to have Bias Kulchem. You must have. A time when B'nai Israel come together to Eretz Israel like, ki tavo alarz Moshev When you enter Eretz Israel as a unit, and therefore the Ram thinks that b'smanazad, since there is no, there's no character today in Eretz Yisrael of biat kulchem, therefore shemusamafus only midrabanan. By the way, there's an interesting machlokas between Rav Chaim the Sezam and other gedolim whether this din of Byat kulchem is just really a side din, or there is an issue of Kedusha involved. Maybe, according to Rambam, it's just a side issue. The Kedusha versus Israel is really, really complete. However, a side din means that it's a technical reason. There's It's the same way there would be no chayev shumos and on on certain types of uh, growth, which we're not going to go into now. So the same way, there's no din of shumos and because there's no B'yaz Kulchem. Or it could be that B'yaz Kulchem means there's a lack of Kedusha Saaretz because there's no concept of biaskulchem. If you learn one way, the way that the Kedusha is intact, it's rather easy to say that Yerushalayim, even though the Kedusha is intact, but still the din of Shemusha Masos, even in Eretz Yisrael, even in Yerushalayim, means that you have to have B'yaz Kulchem. Since we don't have is Kulchem, there's no Chiv Shemusha there are other achronim who say a very important distinction about the kedusha of Yerushalayim, which we will explain now. The question was: since we think that the kedusha of Yerushalayim, which is the kedusha of the Beis Hamikdash, is intact, why are we not chayav to most today in Yerushalayim In all of Eretz Israel? Perhaps the kedusha is not intact. If you learn that bi'as means that there's somehow a chisarum, a Pagan, there's some sort of a lack of the total Kedusha of Eretz Israel because there's no Bias That applies to the place where the Kedusha had to come about and, re, be, and be restored. But in, er, but in, in, the, in the Rambam, Kedusha of Yerushalayim is the Kedusha Rishonah. So why does the Kedusha Rishonah retain its property to be Chayv and and masters? So many achronim point out, I think it's uh, first perhaps in the Mikdash David, but many people have discussed it since, that there's an inherent difference between the Kedusha of Eretz Israel and the Kadusha of Yerushalayim. The Kedusha of Eretz Israel, besides being a spiritual concept, which perhaps we'll discuss later, besides that, Eretz Israel has Kedusha in the very earth of Eretz Israel, the Afar of Eretz Israel, the land of Eretz Israel has Kedusha. Physically, it has Kedusha. They tell about Rabbi Chazonish that when he first came to visit, Chafetz Chaim, the kibbutz called Chafetz Chaim, the first year of Shemitah, that he was there, that he visited, that they kept Shemitah properly, I don't know exactly which year it was, but when he came there, he bent down, kissed the ground and said, Good Shabbos. The land itself, the earth itself has a kedusha. That kedusha will create a chiyuv, an obligation of two Muslim from things that grow from the ground. Because the ground has kedusha, what comes out of the ground has itself has kedusha, However, the kedusha of Yerushalayim is not a kedusha of the earth; it's not a kedusha of the of the ground. It's a Kadusha It's a kedusha of the place. The kedusha of Yerushalayim, as the kedusha of Beis Hamikdash, is more of a concept of the place the place that the place Hashem b'chutz chooses. Is the place where the Shekhinah rests. This has, is not really because of the earth of the place of the of the land. It's a aloch in the avir in the in the atmosphere in the air of Yerushalayim. So if that would be true, then the question of chumas and would mean that Eretz Yerushalayim, as far as the earth goes, it has the same kedusha of all of Eretz Israel, obviously. The special kedusha, the unique kedusha of Yerushalayim that we're talking about, is not the kedusha of Afar. It's not the kedusha of the of the earth of, of Yerushalayim. It's the kedusha of the avir of Yerushalayim. It's the kedusha of the of the air, of the place of Yerushalayim. And therefore, Shemusamasis would not apply. But the halachas, for example, of blowing shofar, blowing shofar on Shabbos, or taking a lulav, kol shiva, or other halachas that might apply to the base hamikdash, might apply to Yerushalayim. Apply to, apply to Beis HaMikdash might apply to Yerushalayim as well. I said before, not all the halachas that apply to Yerushalayim, to Beis amigdash would automatically apply to Yerushalayim. For example, in Perik Aleph of Hilchus Beis HaBkhira, the random quotes the famous halacha, EIN BONIM ES HaMikdash BALAYLA. You, we're not allowed to build the Beis Mikdash at night time. The Beis Mikdash is to be built in the daytime. There are questions in Achronim. What would happen if you built the Beis Hamikdash in the uh, day, in the nighttime? Is it possible? Is it not possible? But for our purposes, let's just learn the basic halacha. Ain is Beis Hamikdash The Beis Hamikdash is not to be built at night. The Radbaz on the spot says that this halacha only applies to. Shahni Kanor Ulasnim to the gate of Yushalaim which is called Sharni Kanar, within that gate you because that's built that's called Mikdash. Aval Even Harabaius, even the Temple Mount itself. That you could build it now. So the laws of Yushalayim are not exactly the laws of the Besal Mikdash they are, Yerushalayim is an extension of the Beis HaMikdash, it's an Irshe Yesh since it's an Irshe Yesh therefore, the kedusha of the Mikdash applies to Yerushalayim, but it would apply to the general atmosphere, to the general place of the of the city of the Mikdash, rather than to the earth itself. However, this answer raises another issue that's a little complicated. There is a din in the, of uh, that's called the gagim aliyah of Yerushalayim, of the Harabais of Beis Hamikdash, the laws that apply to the will translate it as, as the roofs, uh, the attics in Eretz Yisrael, in, Yerusha, in Yerushalayim, in the Beis Hamikdash. Do these halachos do the does the kedusha, the laws of, of uh, the kedusha of, of Beis Hamikdash, and the kedusha of uh, of Harabais, those Kadushas do they apply also to Gagimba Aliyas. The uh, Encyclopedia Talmudis under under the title Gagimba Aliyas has a whole section about the different laws. Just to summarize a little bit what he says, the Aliyas of the Haikal of the Kadush Kadashim, the the this attic of the Kadush Kadashim itself certainly has a kadusha, Not only is have a kadusha. It seems to have a very high level of kedusha. The Kern girdle doesn't even go there at all. You only go in there once in a very long time to check to think, see if things are are okay. But that does have kedusha. Whereas the kedusha of the of the heichal of the kodesh hakadoshim that's a special halacha that the the gagim of the of the of those places, even though the aliyah has kedusha, the attic, what we would call the attic, but the gag does not have kedusha. And then he goes on to, the, to explain the other places in Yushalayim, It's a whole, a whole long story. Is the Gagim b'Yerushalayim? Long it's kadosh, kain it's kadosh. a big mechlokas. It's shown him. tells whether the Aliyah of Gagim b'Yerushalayim is kadosh. According to what we said, it seems to be that it, it should be kadosh, because if you talk about the earth, the source of kedusha is comes from the earth itself. Then I could somehow understand. That the kedusha relates to what grows from the, from the ground and from the ground up, that part is kadusha Because you go further and further, and you create a separation between the between the ground and the and the level where you are uh, attics, higher floors, roofs. I can understand the discussion whether the kedusha should apply. But if you learn the kedusha, the kedusha is avir. The kedusha is the kedusha of the of the place itself. Then it would seem strange that the laws of gagim and Aliyah wouldn't apply to all of Yerushalayim. The Minchas Chinuch in Mithra Shinsamech Beis has a whole discussion of this point and he, as a matter of fact, thinks that according to the Rambam, the kedusha of Gagim and Aliyah does apply to Yerushalayim. Interestingly enough, the Minchas is the one who asks the question, why don't you and Masrov apply to Yerushalayim? According to his line of reasoning, the Chumos and Asha seem to be a grand halacha, and that would apply in Yerushalayim. Therefore, the question of gagim baaliyos wouldn't have bothered me as much. But uh, nevertheless, he says that according to the Rambam, gagim baaliyos in Yerushalayim might not have kedusha according to the Rambam and the Raifit. But w- according to what we're saying, it makes more sense according to the Rambam that gagim baaliyos should have should have the kedusha of the. Beis HaMikdash, because that's kedusha safir. Perhaps we would have to say an answer, because for a specific reason, there were places outside the Heichal, that there was a special halacha, that they were not in the Kaddish, the Gagim Since the kedusha of Yerushalayim is an extension of the Beis HaMikdash, it would not be logical that the kedusha of Yerushalayim should have entailed Kadusha of, of Gagim baliyas when in in the base hamikdash itself, not all p- parts of the base hamikdash had Kadusha of the gaging And then all we would have to do is understand why those side reasons that they made, they imposed the, the law that the Gagim of the base Be- hamikdash itself were, on this, were, not, were, not sancti- were not were not sanctified. The the Kadusha of Yerushalayim according to the Rambam is complete, we explain that it's the Kedusha of the Azir, and it's the kedusha because it's the city of the Bais HaMikdash. While we have discussed the laws of Yerushalayim throughout the ages, explaining that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is permanent, we realize that for many, many years, Yerushalayim was in the state of Chorban. Yerushalayim was in a state of uh, desolation, destruction. And in fact, there's a special halacha that a person who sees Yerushalayim, when it's Charev, so he has to tear Kriya. He's required to tear his garments. There are three laws of tearing garments upon places in Eretz Yisrael. The first is if a person sees one of the Aray Yehuda, one of the cities of of the area of Yehuda, and he sees that city desolate, so he tears Kriya, says Apasachin, and tears Kriya. The same is true if he sees Yerushalayim. And the third is true if he sees the the Makam mikdash, the place of the Beis mikdash. And many people have discussed, Rabbi Shechter wrote an article about it, if today, B'zman we have to tear Kriya in these places. So let's just discuss the laws of tearing Kriya on on Yerushalayim. Would this apply Bismanazeh? So, as Rabbi Shechter explained, the discussion would be, why is Yerushalayim unique that you tear kedusha on Yerushalayim more than you would on a regular city in Yehuda, and there might be two explanations for this. One explanation would be that Yerushalayim is the city of the Beis Hamikdash, while it's not the Beis Hamikdash itself. But to even add more, since it's the has the kedusha of the Beis Hamikdash according to the Rambam, since it's the ear sheyesh but mikdash, it's the city of the Beis Hamikdash. Therefore, there would be a special law of tearing kriya even at, when there's no beis hamikdash. On the other hand, we might say that the reason Yerushalayim is unique—that you tear kriya a specific time, an additional time, more than Arayuda, Yehuda—is because Yerushalayim represents the capital city of Eretz Yush- Israel. It represents the seat of the kingdom of Israel. And when, Israel, when Yerushalayim is harib, it means the government is absent. So therefore, that itself would be a reason to Kriya. It certainly is true that Yerushalayim represents both to us, the capital city of Yerushalayim, the city of the kingdom, as well as the city of the Besa HaMikdash. In fact, in the L'Chadaldi, we say in four short words, Mikdash Melech Imalucha. Mikdash Melech, the king of the, the 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 mikdash of the king, the capital city, and we address Yerushalayim when we say Lachadodi, and we say Mikdash Melech Imalucha Kumi Tzi Mitoch Jews throughout the ages have prayed about Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim specifically. The piyut, this Lachadodi, the song Lachadodi that we sing Friday night, written by the Kabbalists of Tzvat was written with the idea that they live in Sat but they have tremendous desire to live in Yerushalayim. And most of L'chadoldi is actually addressed to the city of Yerushalayim. Mikdash Melech Ir Malucha, the capital city, city of the B'Shamidosh, kum itzim rad for you to be in a state of desolation, it's signed to rebuild yourself, to come back to being both the capital city of Yerushalayim and the city of the Mikdash. If we would assume that Yerushalayim is both Allah, then we would ask which one is the main reason that you would tear Kriya on Yerushalayim. If you say it's the capital city, then you would argue, perhaps, and you could discuss a very important uh, argument that today you would not tear Kriya on Yerushalayim at all. Because Baruch Hashem Yerushalayim is rebuilt, Baruch Hashem, Jews are living in Yishalayim, and there's a government of Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael, and to call that a churban, I think would be very difficult. So if that would be the reason we would tear Kriya, then we wouldn't tear Kriya. If you say that you tear Kriya because it's the city of the Beis HaMikdash, you might argue and say the city of the Beis HaMikdash means that as long as there's no Beis HaMikdash, even though we... Go to the Kotel, even though some people even go to Harabayis, but the Beis HaMikdash itself is not built. It's true that there's Kedusha of the Mikdash according to the Rambam, but the Beis HaMikdash is not built. If the Beis HaMikdash is not built, so then, according to this line of reasoning, you would take Kriya of this and today you would take Kriya on Yerushalayim, and therefore you would also take Kriya on the city of the Mikdash. In Davening, we talk about Bonei Yerushalayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu builds Yerushalayim. Interesting, in the, in the Tanya, not the L'Bavash Tanya, there's a sefer of a rishan, the Tanya Rabasi, it's a, a compilation of all the laws of that uh, was pre- written by one of the Mishanim, Rabbi Chiel Harofe. He lived in Rome, and he wrote a sefer, Tanya Rabasi, including the Minagim, Rabbi Felder, the big time tzaddik uh, from Toronto wrote a long commentary on this on the Tanya Rabbati, but the Tanya Rabbati quotes: "Kishebana Shlomo as beis hamikdash miyat paschum malachim hashareis vaamru baruch ata Hashem banei Yerushalayim." When Shlomo built the beis HaMikdash, the malachim began to sing a song, "Banei Yerushalayim." Interesting. The Boney Yerushalayim was the bracha that they made when they built the Beis HaMikdash. So you see from here how closely the Beis HaMikdash and Yerushalayim are intertwined. The building of the Beis HaMikdash is actually the building of Yerushalayim. As long as the Beis HaMikdash is not built, then Yerushalayim is not intact. So therefore, we really daven You should return to Yerushalayim and you should dwell in it as you promised, <laughs> and establish the, the chair of David. The chair of David is the Davidic chair of kingdom. So building Yerushalayim includes building the of HaMikdash, as well as establishing the seat of David. Both the city of Yerushalayim will attain both characteristics, the capital city of the Davidic kingdom, as well as build, building the Beis HaMikdash, the Meirav yameinu.
0: And now for today's alachayomit. Uh, after saying mm-hmm. Shmon Esrei, we have Chazarat HaShatz. Chazarat HaShatz is a Takanad Rabbanan, a rabbinic enactment. The explicit reason given in the Gemara is to allow those who do not know how to daven that they should fulfill their mitzvah by listening to the Chazan and they fulfill it, their yodze, through his tefillah. However, the Poskim write that it's still a takana d'rabanan. The takana is that everybody, that the, the tzibouh, should be included in this tefillah. And therefore, there is a halacha quoted in the Shulchan Aruch that one is not allowed to talk, or basically not to listen. One is not allowed to detach oneself from the chazarat hashatz, for instance, by talking. There's a general prohibition to talk in shul about things which are not connected to shul. Divrei chulin, but there's a specific issue to talk during Chazarat HaShatz because of the Takanad Rabbanan that we are all partaking and and and, and participating in Chazarat HaShatz. There's another halacha that says that one answers Amen after every bracha that one hears. That's a general halacha. And therefore, when the Chazan makes a bracha in Chazarat HaShatz, one answers Amen. The Rambam, when he quotes Chazarat HaShatz, says the Chazan gets up to Davin, everyone Stands and listens and answers Amen. From which the, the Rav, Hosala Bechik, was, uh, he, he understood that the Ramah isn't saying the general obligation to answer Amen after every Not every place the Ramah mentions a Bacha does he say that you have to answer Amen. But here he says this is the way Chazarat Hashatz takes place. The reasoning being that Chazarat Hashatz is the Tfilah of all of us. One person is davening, but it's the Tfilah for everyone. And the amen is not merely obligation to agree when someone makes a bracha to himself; it's your participation in the communal tefillah, tefillat hatsibur, which we call chazarat hashatz. The tour, the rush. Excuse me. The the tour quotes the rush. The rush himself says that his father's minhag, the rush's father Rabbi Yechiel, had a minhag to answer baruchum Varach shemo when he heard the shem hashem in a bracha. The language of the Russian implies that he didn't think this was a Chiyov. It has no source in the Gemara. It was the custom of Avichir. But this custom has become or less universal. And people answer Baruch Hu um, Barach including in Shvanesu in Chazarat Hashatz. There is some question whether it's right. I think the, the grah was opposed. But he was opposed for a practical reason. If people answer Baruch Hu um, Barach and the Chazan doesn't pause, then you're liable to miss the end of the bracha you won't hear the Chazan say the end of the Baha And that's a real Chiyuv to answer Amen after the Baha. So therefore, we thought it was better if you don't say Baruch Hum Barach The opposite conclusion from the same problem would be to instruct the Chazanim to wait. When they say Baruch Hashem to pause, the Kahal, the congregation, can say Baruch Hum Barach and then to continue. But there will be some some tension whether or not the Chazan will really do that. The Rav had a, had a further objection uh, all Posts can agree, you don't answer Baruch and Baruch Shemo in a place where you can't be mafzik, where, where you're not allowed to say things. Because Baruch Hu Shemo, it's a minag, which Rabbi Yechiel, the Rosh's father, made up. And, and it's not an obligation. So if you're in a place where you're not allowed to be mafzik, then of course you don't, even, even if you could say Amen, for instance in B'kot Kriyachma, you can answer Amen to certain B'kot, but you wouldn't say Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo. The Rab felt that you shouldn't interrupt in Chedat HaShatz. For the same reason we said before, Chazarat Hashatz is the communal tefillah. You are participating in it. You are actually saying Shemone as part of the community, and therefore, he thought you shouldn't answer anything other than the Amen, which is your your participation. But everything else would be hafsid, just as you wouldn't answer Birkhu Ma'ach Shemon in the middle of Shmon Eswe, if you heard someone else say a vacha. So again, the minig is yes to say it, but to try to say it in such a way that doesn't ruin the vacha to say it quickly and to hear the Chazan answer the end of the Baha and answer amen after him, as I pointed out, the Groth thought it wasn't such a good minag, and the Rav was, abs- was actually opposed uh, to the saying of Baruch Hu I mentioned the Rambam says that the Kahal stands and answers amen, And apparently the Rambam thinks stands means stands. There are Rishon who say specifically that one sits during Chazarat Hashats, one could sit during Chazarat Hashats, but since the Baal HaMa'ol in Rosh Hashanah, but the Rambam would appear that he thought you should stand. And the reason the, the reason would be, again, this is the Rav's understanding in the Rambam, that the congregation is davening Shmoneh Esrei during Chazarat Hashats. They're davening Shmoneh through the words of the Chazim, as a community, as a unit. And therefore they should behave as though they were standing before the king. Specifically, one stands during Shmoneh Esrei. The Rav added, one should stand with one's feet together, just like one's, when one says Shmoneh Esrei the Ramah says, yesh omim, to stand. There is an opinion to stand that apparently is the Ramah's psak. And on the basis of that, people stand, but they don't really stand necessarily like Shmon the way the Rav suggested. And the Ravim just says also to stand, which would also make sense because standing is the basic expression of amidal ifnei standing before the king, you're in the king's presence. The other halachot might be more connected to how one actually says the words. Uh, but, again, the minig of, of most people is to sit, is to permit sitting, during Chazarat Hashatz, um, almost all Spadi congregations, that's the minig, and among Ashkenazim, there are this way, and uh, both Menhagim are present. Uh, I've tried to explain the reasoning behind it. Allah Chalamaysa, most can feel that it's permitted to sit and to listen. But you should listen carefully, paying attention to all the words, and answer Amen at the proper, at the proper time. That's it for today. You've been listening to KMTT, the Shur of Harav Binyamin Tavori in the weekly Mitzvah and the Halakha Yomit. This is Ezra Beck you Kol Tov. We'll be back tomorrow with the Shur of Harav Moshe Taragin on the Essentials of Avodat Hashem. And until then, Kol Tov HaTorah Mitzion, This has been KMTT, the Torah Podcast. כי מציון תיצי תורה ודבר השם מירושלים.